Hello, and welcome back to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. As always, I am your host, Daniel Collinsworth. Today's episode, episode 43, is launching towards the end of summer, a time when we are all either going on vacation or dreaming about going on vacation. So in today's episode, I'm going to take tips from my old finance days and mix it with some mindfulness goodness from my, I guess I should call it my new gig, if you will, so that we can take mindfulness money tips for vacation. Therefore, if you are on a getaway or if you have plans to or dreams of getting away, then this episode is for you. As always, go grab yourself a nice, warm, yummy cup of coffee, and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat. Fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee, So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. Okay, so first I have to share this before I start this episode. Some of you know, uh, because you follow along on Instagram or because you've heard me talk about this in the past, my podcast setup is as cheap as it gets. Uh, If we want to talk about finance tips, I can help you save money when it comes to creating a podcast. I think I spent in total $45 on my microphone. I mean, I guess other things cost money, like my Beats headphones, but I was given these as a gift, gosh, probably like eight years ago for Christmas. Uh, I have two blankets. I mean, I guess if you want to add those up, one of these is from like middle school and I put them on different little like higher things. One's a light and one is this like accent feature that I have on the ground. So basically I'm surrounded by blankets and that's it. Anyways, uh, whenever we first went into quarantine, Matt started to create a computer and it's to the left of me and this thing just started getting really loud and for the past 10 minutes I've been trying to record the freaking intro and I had to call him to be like how how do I make your computer not come to life what is happening so if you are ever or if you are a work from homer and you realize how much other people in your home bother you I feel like this then totally relates to you being like, wow, how are you still bothering me yet you're not even at home? So FYI, Matthew's still here, guys. (laughs) All right, so to dive into today's episode, I want us to take a moment to reflect. I want you to think back to travels when you were a child. And I know this is a really broad question. And the first thing that might come to some people's mind is this idea that we all grew up with different resources. And I'm fully aware of that. I, myself, I wasn't necessarily the most well-off, but my parents worked their butts off to give me the best that they possibly could. And I am forever grateful for that. Into my 
early teens and high school years as well, I, I hate to say benefited from, but unfortunately my father passed away when I was nine. So I had an inheritance that was able to help put me through a private school and things like that. So yes, I was given something that others would, uh, beg for. Um, however, if we really want to take it back, I mean, I would have given, you know, having my dad there, right? So not trying to get too emotional. I'm just saying that we all have different paths. And I am hoping that if you're listening to this, there is something about your childhood that you would refer to as a vacation. Maybe it really wasn't a vacation. Maybe your family had no resources to be able to make that happen. And all you remember is that your mom would take you to a pool like two or three days in a row, and that was vacation to you. Cool. I don't care what it is. Obviously, you don't have to share it with me. If you feel inclined to do so, please reach out. I'd love to hear about your childhood vacation. But I just want you to think back. If I was to say, what was the best vacation of your childhood? What would it be? Now, as I reflect back to, I'm going to challenge myself to think back to whenever my dad was here. So I was young, right? Nine years old. Uh, I mean, I didn't travel much whenever I was little, little. So I'm really looking at ages five to nine, pretty much. And I mean, technically he passed when I was nine and a half. So we have what? Five, six, seven, eight. We have four and a half years, right? I was given the opportunity to travel a lot with my dad. Well, I guess not a lot, but a decent amount. However, the trip that I remember the most is going to Universal Studios. And for those of you that don't know, I'm from Florida. So this is kind of a funny one because I went to Disney all the time as a kid. It was without traffic less than two hours for me to get to Disney World. However, we didn't go to Universal all the time. There were times in my life whenever we had an annual pass for Disney. So Obviously, we would go there and my mom wouldn't look at paying more money to go to Universal Studios, right? And I think it's important to note that I've been to both as an adult and I'm actually still Team Disney. So if you are looking to make a trip to the Orlando area, let me know because I have so many yummy, fun places for adults to go. Anyways, this is why Universal Studios was the trip that I remember with my dad. I remember that we were able to see my all-time favorite Scooby-Doo. I actually dressed up as him for Halloween two times, so definitely a big fan of Scooby-Doo. And we got to see Fred Flintstone, and I loved that we were able to see the attraction Twister that was based off of my one of my favorite movies about like 10 times over again, or at least that's what it felt like to me. And... I remembered so many little things about that trip where we ate, taking pictures in front of the Universal Fountain. Like, I remember these things distinctly. Yet, with my dad, I also went to some extravagant places or bigger places, places that, okay, maybe even not bigger. I'm using all the wrong words here, but a place that was not necessarily close to home. Going to Vegas in New York. Whenever I went to Vegas, I was actually really young, I was five. And it was the first time I ever went on an airplane. And I don't remember anything except for being in daycare and making a bracelet in daycare. That's all I remember out of the whole entire trip. 
us going to New York. I remember performing there. That's actually what brought us there was for me to dance on the big stage. But um, besides that, I remember my dad being carried across Broadway by my friend's dad, like piggyback style, because they were trying to make us laugh. And I remember being at Ellis Island with my dad, but I I don't really remember much more than us taking pictures, which uh, that picture I actually hold near and dear to heart now because it's one of the only pictures I have of my dad. And it's also right in front of the Twin Towers. So it's just kind of like eerie to see, I guess I would say. But overall, I don't necessarily remember the most about these places that you would think as a kid you'd be like wow she's from Florida and she got to go to New York she's from this little area in Florida and she went to Las Vegas where you hear of a girl in Florida that went to Universal Studios you're like well yeah that's in her backyard right so again I ask you to reflect on your childhood when you were decently little and ask yourself what was your favorite trip Then ask yourself, was it the most extravagant adventure you took or was it the most expensive? And I'm going to take a stab and guess that no is the answer to both of those questions. Neither one of those fall into some of the most memorable times to you. And sure, going to Universal Studios might be high on someone else's bucket list. But again, remember, I was a lucky Florida kid, so it wasn't as big of a deal as potentially going to something like New York City, right? And for a girl that was in dance her entire life, loved Broadway, all these things, right? So for me, going to New York, that was kind of a big deal, you would think. But whenever you ask me what was my favorite vacation as a kid during that five to nine year range, bam, Universal Studios pops into my head Every single time. So all of the memories from my favorite trip came from two days. It was a one night trip because it was really close to home. So we were there for two days. There were no flights. It was a relatively cheap room. And my parents didn't have to take time off. Meaning they spent a lot less money on that trip compared to the others where they had to take time off from work. So they had to use paid vacation. They had to pay for the flights to get there. They then had to pay a lot of money in us staying there, even if the room wasn't the nicest, just because we were there for more than one night. We had to pay a lot more for food, all of these things, okay? So overall, the trip itself was a lot cheaper, even though, again, Universal Studios is not necessarily the cheapest place to go. Now, I'm putting so much emphasis on this because I truly think it is important. Some might say that a staycation is the way to go. And here's my opinion. If you're doing things that you have never done before during your staycation, then sure, it can be worth it. But overall, getting out of your regular comfort zone and doing something that is really close to home and fairly inexpensive might be the way to go. So like a really close staycation. There is also nothing wrong with finding a nearby favorite and making it something that is a somewhat regular thing. For example, 
Matt and I go to the Outer Banks every Labor Day. We spend a few hundred bucks in total between the dog sitter, our room while we're there, and some food. We do not go all out like how we normally do whenever we travel and eat at a bunch of fun foodie-like restaurants. Instead, we save money and run to the grocery store. I personally love the fact that there is a Publix there because, again, Florida girl. So we run to the grocery store. We stock up on some things. I think each time that we've been there, we've made some sort of a fun, like we're just buying a few things at Publix, trying to make a cocktail kind of a thing. And I remember it distinctly. It's a memory that I have from there. We try to go really minimal, very inexpensive, easy to plan, and we even make a tradition where we go there and have some of the most amazing memories, at least in my opinion, right before he starts with the busy time of work. So in short, my first tip for this episode is to not overthink it and potentially stay local. Stop comparing yourself to social media and the extremely cool places you see some people visiting what seems like freaking monthly. Be happy with what you have. Find time to disconnect from your regular or just from social media because I promise I bet you and your family will absolutely love it and you probably really need it. Now on to the second tip. How to save for the bigger getaways. So yes, the small and local-ish getaway, they're, they're fun. But maybe you, you're, just, you're still looking for more. You want to travel. You want to see the world. And I am a fan of that. For both near and far vacations, having savings for the time away is key. Think about your 401k. If you work for a big corporation of some sort, I am assuming you have one. And if you don't, go fix that like right now. (laughs) Uh, If so, you are then also potentially contributing to your 401k. And again, if you're not, go fix that right now. All I mean by this is you are saving for one big ass vacation and that vacation is retirement. Local and intimate mixed with faraway and extravagant vacations, will thrive if you take some form of action. Set up a bank account that is only used for vacation. I don't know why our society has this idea that one bank account is the way to go. Maybe because a lot of people are like terrified of credit cards, so they're like, if I have one, I only have one kind of a thing. Well, a a credit card and like a checking or a savings account are very, very, very different things. Have a buttload of them if you need them, to be honest. Uh, Do what works for you, but let one of the things be a vacation account. Once you have that vacation account set up, I then want you to set up automatic transfers, just as if you were paying your electric bill. I would recommend setting up something that you know you can handle reasonably without a doubt. For example, maybe you do once a month, it's $40 a month, which just to put that into a more um, digestible number, that's $10 a week. And as long as you aren't sleeping under a rock, you then know that $10 is nothing. So commit to that. Start small 
and build up the total amount that you are transferring into this vacation fund. Try to stick with a number that you know you will not have to back away from. Meaning that if you set up an automatic transfer that's, I don't know, let's say $1,000 a month and three months from now you're like, holy shit, I cannot sustain this. We, we don't want that kind of number. I want you to think long term. What is a number that you can do without a problem? A fund like this will help you achieve small one night getaways real freaking quick. So as a personal example, I have a vacation fund where I put $100 a month into it. Realistically, for our little Outer Banks trip, after two months, I would be good to go to the Outer Banks. I would have enough saved for us to book one night and for us to run to the grocery store and grab some things because that's really all we do whenever we are there. Now, saving for the bigger trips will take a bit more time if we are sticking with, let's say, the $100 a month or maybe less budget. And that is okay. I instead challenge you to figure out what kind of traveler you are. And for purposes of this episode, I'm going to relate to three different types of travelers. Do, be, and have. If you are the doer, this is someone that wants to see all the things. Sightseeing is the most amazing thing to you. And when you come back home, you want to tell everybody, all of your friends, your clients, your whatever, that you saw absolutely everything. Next is the beer. This is someone who kind of likes some time to themselves. They want to be able to explore a city or rural area by soaking in the environment and just the overall culture that's there. And then lastly, we have the haver which is the person who needs to be a part of all the cool new things. What does the Times Magazine say are the top 10 musts in 2021? And then you feel that you have to do all of them. Treat this almost like the Enneagram, if you will. You're probably pretty heavy or high in relation to one of these, and maybe a, a little bit of another. So picking on myself, I would overall say that I am a beer with a little bit of a mix of a doer. But overall, if you were to ask, I'm a beer and then I have, I don't know, let's say like 20% of a doer in me. Years after my dad passed away, my mom bought timeshare in Hawaii. So again, I know I'm blessed. I have been there more than what I can count on one hand. I haven't been in over 10 years, and part of the reason for this is because my mom and I are different kinds of travelers. I want to be a part of the Hawaiian culture while she wants to go do all the things. Now, she has obviously passed on some of those characteristics to me, as I do like sightseeing. However, she can go see Pearl Harbor for the 15th time and be stoked. I, on the other hand, realize that I have seen it a few times and I now am, am done with that exploration and I want to go just explore in the jungle, right? She wants to climb to the top of Diamond Head for the eighth time and I want to go be a part of a new volcano story. Understanding how you like to travel can help you plan financially. No matter if you are a doer, a beer, or a haver, there will be parts of each that cost money and others that don't, 
require you to pay a dime. For the doer, some of the sites that you want to see will be completely free, while others will cost you travel expenses, food while you're there, and admission to the thing. For the beer, to be in a city, you can just walk around and see cool parts and bop into stores and things like that. However, if you want to experience some of the best local cuisine, you might need to fork over a few buckaroos. And for the haver, the person that might be itching to see this new limited edition free art gallery will not be spending much money with that first scenario, yet they're going to have to hand over their piece of plastic for the 3D adult arcade. Being mindful with who you are can only help you prepare financially. And I totally get that not everyone is a planner. I'm not asking you to plan the whole thing. I'm simply asking you to understand yourself. This way, when you get to the amazing destination that you've been saving up for, you're not trying to pay and be 80% of a doer, 75% of a beer, and 90% of a haver. Because 245% will eat away at your savings real quick. Instead, take time to analyze what kind of traveler are you. Find what makes your 100%. And also be aware of the kind of traveler you were with. I was in a relationship for over seven years, and we were very different travelers. Because of this, there were times that we would fight or we would spend way too much money than what we needed. Rather than compromising and trying to find a good balance of each other's traveling personalities, we would try to just do all of the things, period. That only left a sad bank account and an even sadder end to the vacation if you were unable to do a few things that you were really excited to explore. So now that I've taken up a lot of your time here, let's recap. Tip number one is there's nothing wrong with staying local-ish. If you are in that feel that you need to get away, make it happen. Go explore one to two hours away from home for one to two nights and be comfortable with not being a tourist. Stay at your home away from home and make some fun new traditions. Number two is to save the monies. For majority of us, money is something we are constantly reaching for more of. Look at your finances and set aside a small amount that will not impact your overall lifestyle. And then number three is to be mindful. If you are new to this podcast, mindfulness is freaking everything. You control your emotions and you control your actions. Therefore, you control how amazing your trip is based on your actions. Take time to understand what type of traveler you are so you make the right decisions to support your do, be, or have desires. And remember, it does not have to be all or nothing, but there should be compromise especially if you are traveling with somebody that has a different traveling personality than you. 
Well, guys, that is about it. I'm sorry that I did not get too technical when it comes to Z-Moneys, but if anybody is interested, please head over to at Caffeinated Yogi Talks or at Danielle the Yogi on Instagram so that we can have a little chit-chat. I love hearing from you guys so that I can only produce more of what you would like to hear. At this point is normally whenever I refer to one of the sponsors, which you can always check in the show notes. However, I did want to take a moment to let your eye shift to something in particular in the show notes, which is this link that says, buy me a coffee. Uh, If there's one thing I have gotten feedback from, it's just people saying thank you and that there's a lot of good free resources between here and my Instagram. So if you are ever coming across something where you're like, damn, this was awesome. Thank you. Maybe it's a mobility drill. Maybe it's a podcast episode, whatever it may be. uh, That link is always there. Uh, It's in my link tree. It is literally just a way for you to send two, three bucks my way to say thanks. However, you don't have to do that. You can instead save money for your vacation, and I am all for it. If that's the case, then I most definitely ask you to take a screenshot of what you're listening to, share it to your Instagram story, and again, tag at Caffeinated Yogi Talks and at Danielle the Yogi. That is simply going to get me more exposure, which means more humans listen, and that's really why I'm here. So, As always, thank you for tuning in today. I truly hope you found some value here. And until next time, namaste and slay boothang.